Learn how Alina Health is committed to providing you support on your path to better health in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. Dry eyes affect 25 million people in the United States, and you could very well be one of them. My guest today is Dr. Carol Johnson. She's a licensed optometrist at Alina Health Invergrove Heights Clinic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Johnson. So tell us a little bit, what exactly are dry eyes? Um, dry eyes is a broad term used to um, include scratchy, greedy, and a bothersome feeling that can be caused by a myriad of conditions. So what would the symptoms, would it feel like you had something in your eye all the time? Would it feel that scratchy, gritty? What would it feel like? Uh, the most common symptoms are a scratchy feeling in your eye, as if something's in there that doesn't belong. And occasionally it can interfere with um, the vision. So if you rubbed your eyes when you've got that feeling... Is, can that be damaging when you've got that feeling like there's something gritty or something like sand in your eyes? Um, the, the feeling um, of the scratchiness or that uncomfortable comes, uh, the uncomfortable feeling comes from the corneal nerve. And when they are being replaced as they are weekly, sometimes scratching it just kind of fast forwards that replacement process. So it's often doesn't cause a problem, but um, if the cornea is fragile, um, it can cause uh, an abrasion. Ooh, nothing's more painful than a scratch on the cornea. I've had one. Exactly. And if you've ever had one of those, you even look to the left or the right and pain shoots through your head like somebody stuck a knife in there. It, so who really is at risk for dry eye? <clears throat> the most common demographic is in the elderly, and in women. However, people who have had LASIK surgery or have autoimmune diseases such as thyroid disease or rheumatoid arthritis, patients on hormone therapy or antidepressants or that have some eyelid abnormalities, or contact lens patients who, um, over where their contact lenses can develop the corneal um, process that can, you know, be described as dry eye. Mm-hmm. So why would those hormonal changes and, 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 you know, certain women of a certain age or the autoimmune disorders that you mentioned, why would those contribute to dry eye? Well, there's um, a few different uh, schools of thought. Females uh, from the age of 24 to 48 um, can often have some fluctuating messages from the thyroid piece, and that can cause a dry eye. The um, uh, autoimmune diseases often have a predilection for females, and the answers uh, are not really super clear as to why that happens. But um, they also can um, have issues if they are on some hormone therapies like birth control pills or hormone replacement therapies. How do you diagnose somebody with dry eyes? Is there some kind of test that you can do that says, yes, this is a, a bit of a chronic condition with you? Um, some of the signs of dry eye are um, most easily um, diagnosed while in an eye exam under a microscopic evaluation. A drop with some tint 
is put in to check and see if the cornea is smooth like an apple peel or if it's dimpled like an orange peel. And that dimpling can be a sign that the cornea is not lubricated enough. So the best way to have that evaluated is by your eye health practitioner under the microscope in an exam room. Mm -hmm. So you can just look under the microscope right at their eye and see, and if there's those dimpled or other signs, then you can tell. Now, with all, Dr. Johnson, with all of the computers and screen time mm-hmm. we, you know, are in these mm-hmm. days, is there any correlation between the amount of time we spend in front of a screen and dry eyes? One of the studies um, that discusses these two concepts has shown that with prolonged screen use, um, there is a decrease in the blink rate. And the blink rate lubricates as well as sort of replaces some of those surface layers on the cornea. So the best thing to do with um, excessive screen time is to take a break, remember to blink, and, um, you know, keep in mind that uh, everything in moderation. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You don't want too much screen time for your eyes. Now, how do you treat it when you've diagnosed somebody with it? What can they then do about it? Um, there are four categories usually, artificial tears, and they can be preservative-free if people have a reaction to the um, preservatives, ointments, um, oral therapy. Sometimes fish oil can be a preventative component in modulating inflammation, as well as punctal plugs. And there are some really surface surgeries that can be um, used in extreme circumstances. So, Dr. Johnson, how long do these treatments work? If you're talking about something topical like artificial tears or ointments, you know, do you have to keep taking these things for the rest of your life? Is this something that goes away? Are you going to be one of those people? I've seen those people sometimes with the artificial tears, and they keep blinking them in their eye all day long. Is it something that you... It's a very very chronic condition oftentimes. Um, The cornea is the clear window in front of the iris or the colored part of the eye, and it is perpetually replacing itself. So each week we get a new cornea, and uh, so the the, um, chronic nature of the um, usage is because we get a new tissue that is suffering um, each week. So um, based on uh, how that process started, right, so if it is because um, there's a contact lens solution reaction, sometimes those artificial tears can be short-lived. If the um, reason that the dry exists is because of autoimmune diseases, that is a lifetime and chronic um, issue to, um, you know, pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Restasis now I've heard about a prescription. No, that's okay. I've heard about a prescription currently on the market called Restasis. Tell us a little bit more about it. Restasis is an eye drop um, that is prescribed two times a day um, for several months, um, usually through the life of the disease. Um, it, It requires a daily commitment, and it's about six to nine months before the maximum medical benefit is is received. Um, So it's common in Patients who have uh, an underlying autoimmune disease, for instance, rheumatoid arthritis, um, the stem cells around the cornea that help make the cornea have a little hiccup, 
And so restasis actually addresses a little bit of the hiccup on how the lacrimal system or the system that makes tears rebuilds itself. So it takes several months for the maximum medical benefit to be achieved, um, and it does require a commitment of twice-a-day eye drops. So it is a commitment for the patient, and it is a responsibility for the person that is um, trying to make that better. Mm-hmm. In just the last minute or two, Dr. Johnson, give us your best advice, please, on people suffering with dry eye and what they can do about it, and possibly even ways to prevent it. Um, I'd like to have people know that um, artificial tears can be helpful for the short term. They don't affect the distance vision to the degree that ointments can. Ointments at night can be very helpful. Um, Taking fish oil for the long haul um, can help help with the inflammatory piece of this process as well as um, in your body. And um, restasis is an option for folks that um, are having vision problems as it relates to their dry eye issues. Talk to your healthcare uh, provider and talk to your eye doctor because I should always be white and pain-free. Thank you. That's great information, Dr. Carol Johnson. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.